everybody, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to New Church Live. Today's talk is called God Will Wipe Away Every Tear. I need to tell you something, which is that everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Everything, when I say everything's going to be fine, I'm, I'm talking about everything. So think about everything that you've ever worried about. I don't know if any of you have worried about stuff, but everything you've worried about since you were a little kid up until now, it's going to be fine. Everything that's ever hurt you is going to turn out okay. It's going to be fine. Everything that you see in the world around you and you think, how is this allowed to happen? All that's going to be fine. Everything is going to... I'm not saying it's fine now. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt or it's not bad right now, but it's going to turn out to be fine. It's going to turn out to be okay. Thank you. Just kidding. What's that? You have to, if you're going to say something like that, you have to back it up with something because that is so not how it seems. Life does not seem at all like it's going to be okay. Life seems chaotic and difficult and absolutely out of control. So if we're going to say that actually everything's fine and everything is organized and orderly and leading to something that's good, you've got to have a really strong piece of evidence to back that up. Indisputable evidence to back that up. And I happen to have that. Okay, here it is. A couple thousand years ago, there was a guy named John, and he got in trouble. I, I don't remember exactly what for. I think he was being a Christian or something. They sent him away to an island by himself. And when he was there, he started to... There were like dreams, but they were visions. And in those visions, uh, at one point, there was all this crazy stuff that happened. There was a dragon and a lady who had a, the astral stuff on her. And then a big city that could fly came down and it had a tall wall. So there. Everything's going to be fine. That, that phrase, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, that's from the book of Revelation at the end of the Bible, and it directly follows the scene that I just described when John sees on the Isle of Patmos the, the holy city, New Jerusalem, descending out of heaven. Right after that vision, it says God's going to wipe away every tear. Why are those two things connected? Why, we, everybody gets God's going to wipe away every tear. Of course, that, that is the heart of compassion. We're going to, you're hurting, we're going to make sure you're not hurting anymore. Why do you got to bring this description of a spiritual metropolis into it? Anything that is good has two parts to it. Anything that is really good has two parts to it. There is a love component to it, but there also is a wisdom component. So there is the desire to do what's good, but then how do you do that? How do you do that? That is why you can't talk about God's going to wipe away every tear without talking about the new Jerusalem, because the wipe away every tear is the why and the what, but the new Jerusalem is how. That is a picture of how God is going to make it so that everything that's happened turns out okay. So we've got to learn about both of those things together if we want that impact, if we want to really believe it. 
instead of have it be just something that's, everything's gonna be fine. That's a great Hallmark card, but I don't, I don't believe that. Let's start though with this idea, the love side of it, that God is gonna wipe away every tear. God is gonna wipe away every tear. What is that? What I think that means, um, as always, I get insight into it by my relationship to my daughter. So I have a daughter who is seven years old, but she used to not be seven. She used to be littler than that. And this is, I wanna play you a video clip of her dancing. I think she was two. You guys, got, you guys can, can look at it and, and help me gauge that. There's a metal, just on the other side of this building, there is a metal plate on the ground. I don't know exactly what it's for. I think it has to do something with stormwater runoff, but it's not a, it's not a manhole. Anyway, to her, it was a stage. Well, she named it that. This is what she could barely talk. She had a few words into it. This is the stage. And whenever we would walk by it, she would start to do this dance on it. And she had this particular dance that she did. I am going to demonstrate it for you. It's going to be a little bit awkward because even, even when I'm doing regular dances, I can't do them well. But it was kind of like a giraffe dancing, but she would keep her legs all the way straight and she would kind of like that. And it was when she was just in her groove and feeling totally free and totally full of joy that the giraffe dance would come out. And so we'd do this giraffe dance all over, but on this stage as well. So I want to show you, this is just a little clip of her, of her doing her happy dance on this magical little stage. <laughs> yeah, I did it pretty well. So there was one day when we were getting close to that stage and we're coming up, there's a asphalt sidewalk coming up to it. And she was running along and she knew we were getting close to the stage. And even before we got to the stage, she was just loving life. I don't, she's just like at that age where you just wear a little backpack around even though you don't need to. And she was doing her giraffe dance and I was in front of her. My wife was there just behind her. And I remember I looked back and she was in mid dance. And I have this just freeze frame in my mind of her just looking up and being so happy. And then she absolutely just bit it. She tripped on the sidewalk and fell and skinned her knee and was just scream crying. And that broke my heart for a couple of reasons. One was, of course, you want to, in that moment, make her feel okay. And, okay, it's all right, it's all right, we'll make that not hurt it. But, but also it's because I don't want it to be that suddenly you believe that it's not safe to be that happy, that the bad things can happen when you think you're safe and everything's fine and you're dancing along on the sidewalk. And I got, I wanna wipe away every tear, not just the tears that you're crying right now till you feel fine, but I wanna go and undo any kind of teaching or trauma that that's done to, that makes you think that life isn't as good as you thought it was then. I, I want it to be that, that you can go and dance again like that. I don't know how to do that, but that's what you want, right? And that's what you want for your kids. That's what you want for people that you love is I want to, that's like, I, I, not just the tears outside. I want to wipe away the tears that are inside. I want you to feel happy. I, wa I want it to be that your happiest dances are still yet to come. That's what I mean. That's what I think it means 
when it says, God will wipe away every tear. Life is full of hard stuff like that. That's in some ways a minor one, in some ways it's a major one, but it's absolutely not an outlier. Stuff like that happens all the time. And it's hard to argue that I think that's what the prospect of the, those tears getting wiped away is why people do church. And life is going, I mean, what, what do you got to bring God into it? What, what captivates you about the idea of a divine creator that loves everyone and is guiding everything? It introduces a possibility that was never there before, which is that every tear could be wiped away, that actually everything could be okay again. In the Bible, you don't really get that feeling a lot. I don't know if, you, if you've read it at length, but it's absolutely a grind. There's so much destruction in there. There is so much confusion. There are so much betrayal and disappointment and hopelessness in the Bible that you probably don't remember that actually the whole thing has a happy ending to it. That there is this arc of this story that goes through, and the happy ending is not, is not actually even Jesus rising after he gets crucified. It's, it's the heavenly city coming down in the very last book of the Bible, the last chapters of the Bible, which I just love. I don't know, when I, when I hear them, I just love hearing them. But it's talking about the new Jerusalem coming down. It's saying God will wipe away every tear, and it starts to describe what life can and will be like. Your life is like that. The Bible is a, a, like a parallel to, to your life. It just like your life seems like, wow, this has gone horribly wrong. Or you look at the world and you say, this has gone horribly wrong, and there's all of this suffering and chaos and confusion in it. There's a happy ending there, too. I, I, life never ends. You, you, you're, you know, we, we pass out of this world and we go to another, but you're still alive. But in a way, all the subplots, all this stuff that you have going on right now that's painful and harmful, that does end well. And the promise of that and the instructions for that are in, somehow, in the New Jerusalem. We're going to look at how that all works in the next section. Good morning. the threshold and I'm waiting at the door I'm standing in the darkness I don't want to wait no more I've seen without perceiving I've been another man let me pierce the realm of glamour so I know just what I am I'm a dweller on the threshold 
I'm waiting at the door I'm standing in the darkness I don't want to wait no more Feel the angel of the present In the mighty crystal fire Lift me up, consume my darkness Let me travel even higher I'm a dweller on the threshold Not cross the burning ground Let me go down to the water Watch the great illusion drown I'm a dweller on the threshold And I'm waiting at the door I'm standing in the darkness I don't want to wait no more I'm gonna turn and face the music The music of the spheres Lift me up, consume my darkness When the midnight disappears I will walk out of the darkness Walk into the light I'll sing the song of ages And the dawn will end the night I'm a dweller on the threshold And I'm waiting at the door And I'm standing in the darkness I don't want to wait no more I'm a dweller on the threshold And I cross the burning ground I go down to the water Let the great illusion drown I'm a dweller on the threshold And I'm waiting at the door And I'm standing in the darkness I don't want to wait no more I'm a dweller on the threshold Dweller I'm a dweller on the threshold Dweller I'm a dweller on the threshold Dweller I'm a dweller on the threshold New Church Live, it's Angela. I just want to encourage you all to make a donation to New Church Live before the end of the month, which is the end of our fiscal year. We have about $185,000 left to raise, and I know that sounds like a lot, but I also know that this congregation can do amazing things together. So I don't know if you remember uh, back in the day before COVID, we used to do something called a bucket pass if you ever attended in person. Now, the majority of our congregation still chooses to watch online, which we love, support, and encourage, but we don't have 
have that physical reminder of the buckets being passed. And so we're just using this as the opportunity to remind you. So we hope you'll consider making a donation and we hope you'll consider, you know, dropping some money in the virtual bucket of New Church Live to help us reach our goal. It's about $20 a week per person who watches this service, whether you're watching it live, whether you're watching it back, uh, you know, a year from now, a month from now, or whenever you're choosing to tune in. But we hope you'll consider making a donation and helping us reach our financial goals. So thank you very much. That's a cute video. I, I don't have to out myself for this because the people online never saw it. But a second ago, before that video started, I came and walked out on the stage and I was about to talk and then the video started. Oops, I was out at the wrong time. But what's funny about that is backstage there, Marcus came up to me and said, hey, just so you know, after this song, the donation video is going to come on. So wait to come out. And I said to him, okay. <laughs> and here we are. I want to start this section by talking to you about data dumps. I have given a fair number of presentations in my life, and a lot of them have been boring. And I finally figured out why they were. It's because we have a tendency to make, people have a tendency to make a fundamental mistake in how they present stuff. And particularly when they feel like it's a high stakes situation and that a good performance means you have all the right information or you have a copious amount of information in there. I was reading this book that's called Tell to Win, where it's this guy, he was the, his name is Peter Goober, and he was a fancy guy. He was the CEO, I think, of Sony Pictures and did all these amazing things in his life. But the thrust of the book is that, listen, really, unless you are meeting people where they are emotionally and connecting to them, connecting to their emotional needs and through the medium of story, you're not going to make that impact. This is what it, there's a summary of his book that I took this out of where he says, far too often people make a mistake in business. They communicate in an attempt to persuade others through data dumps, facts, logic, and benefits as presentations. The problem with these data dumps is that they often offer no emotional connection to the audience. How can you captivate someone's attention with a monotone data dump, soulless PowerPoint slideshow? So that's great wisdom. It was great for me to hear that. That's going to up my game a little bit. But for someone who is a really experienced speaker, they're, they're already going to know that, right? Certainly, the, the better you get at it, the more you would know how to, how to do it. And of course, God is not going to make that mistake, right? Well, you tell me, because here in the book of Revelation, when the heavenly city comes down, I feel like we may have a data dump on our hands. So you've got, you're at the end of the story, and all throughout this book, which is supposed to be the message from God to the human race, there is conflict and strife and everything that is difficult and there's hopelessness and everybody's looking for something to, to lift them up. Everybody's battered and by the end of it. And what, what are you going to do? How is this all going to turn out okay? And then you've got this city, New Jerusalem, coming down. There's this amazing heavenly city coming out of the clouds, and it has that beautiful line about how God's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes. And then 
Or just after, you get a few verses about how life is going to be good in it, and then listen to where it goes. It says, it's talking about the uh, holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, that's great, and her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. That's cool. It's like it's glowing, it's going to be pretty and, and bright. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates. Okay, so one angel at each gate. Okay, we well, got to have gates, you got to have a wall. And names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm just wanting to know that everything's going to be okay. I don't, I don't necessarily need to know what signs are above which gate. Okay, okay. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on, um, this is really what it says, three gates on the south, three gates on the west. Okay, cool. So that... I mean, that's, that's pretty thorough. There's 12 gates. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't make sense if they're all on one wall. But can we get back to how um, you're going to take care of me and you're going to wipe away every tear and, and you're going to bring happiness to the human race, right? Now, the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me measured, had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. <laughs> and the city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city. So right in front of me, right now, you're going to make sure that the dimensions are correct. 12,000 furlongs, its length, breadth, and heights are equal. And he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. Data dump. I don't need to know that it's 144 cubits high right now. Do what? I'm not going to climb it. Why are you telling me all this stuff right now? It goes on. He talks about what the foundation is constructed of. It seems a little bizarre, doesn't it? Like, this is, this is right. Like, where was the editor to say, like, this is not, this is the end of the movie. Everyone's excited. We don't need to go into a big uh, backstory uh, description of the architecture. But it goes on for, for another six verses there. And that seems like it doesn't make the whole thing more comforting unless you understand that God is speaking to you through the symbolism in the city. That this is, remember I talked about how there is the love and everything, but there's also the wisdom. If God just says, everything's gonna be okay, it's not, doesn't have the same impact, doesn't have the action orders for you, as if he says, everything's going to be okay, and here's how I'm going to make it okay. Everything about the details of the city, the reason why it's such good news is that the whole thing symbolizes the kind of happiness God can give us and how he can wipe away those tears. I want to show you a clip about it. Actually, many years ago, if you see how much I've aged since this, it looks about like 45 years ago. I did a, a YouTube video about the symbolism of the New Jerusalem. Because who doesn't love the symbolism of the New Jerusalem? Data dump time. And this is how we introduced that, the idea, the concept that this description at the end is giving you a description of where your heart and mind is going to end up in, in happiness. Okay, so let, let's watch. It's just a minute and a half. Let's watch this. Well, we've been through a lot. I mean, we, the human race. Good times throughout history, full of integrity and plenty, as well as a lot of suffering and tragedy. It's been quite a story, but how does it end? 
I mean, the story as a whole will probably keep going, but this particular plotline, this balancing act between harmony and antagonism, which path do we end up taking? Do we all have a few bad years and end up destroying ourselves along with most other species? Or do we perpetually fluctuate, sometimes good, sometimes bad, leaving us in a zone where there's a lot of people that are happy and a lot that are miserable on any given day? Or do we go up? And if, is there a better, brighter future? And if so, what would cause it? What could push us to escape this gravity of sorts that kept us from all being on the same page? Last week, we looked at a statue that had appeared in a very famous dream, and a statue that Swedenborg says, with its four different parts, symbolizes the four previous phases of human spiritual history. But don't forget how that dream ends. And could that push upwards have anything to do with the way that dream ends, with a rock that comes down, smashes the old, and then fills the whole earth? We're going to take a look at it all tonight. Stay tuned. Okay, cool. I just wanted to walk down memory lane a little bit there. So that whole trajectory of both, everything you say about the large, you can say about the small. So the human race... And where they're going is the same thing as your own life. And it's been good and it's bad. Where is it going to go? The New Jerusalem is a picture of how, in the end, everything is not going to be absolutely perfect, but it's going to trend upward forever. Because in God's plan, the architecture that God has for your life is to set things up so that you get the kind of mind that allows you to be happy no matter what is happening. So... Even if the world is going up and down, you continue to become happier and happier. That's the intent of God for you. And the New Jerusalem is a picture of a mind. Actually, in New Theology, it says the word, so that would be the Bible, compares truth in the human mind to a city and also refers to it as such. You can open up the Bible and you're looking for help on your life and it's just talking about Jericho and it's talking about Babylon and it's talking about Jerusalem. What do these cities have to do with me? The city is a picture of the mind. That is where you go to dwell. Human beings go to dwell and thrive. Each of you has a city. And the new Jerusalem is the picture of the city that God wants to build in there. You probably don't think that makes any sense, but I'm going to give you an example that I think is tangible and clear enough that you can start to, if you can start to think about the city that God is building in your own mind. So let's start with that wall. Remember we talked, the Bible was talking about, it's got this wall and this is how tall it is and the wall goes all the way around. God is building that wall in your mind. Why, does, why do cities used to have walls? It was for protection, right? So make it so that when you're in there, you're safe. The things that were outside the city, which it used to be that the city was a place of safety and the countryside was relatively lawless. So when you're in there, you're safe. There are ideas in your mind that are like a wall that protect you from the ups and downs of life. For me, for example, the idea of divine providence from New Church Theology. Divine providence is the idea that everything that happens is being used by God to turn out good. 
that simple concept that, that everything that seems like I won't survive this, in the end, you'll be okay and God will use those experiences to help you grow happier and, and everything is gonna be resolved well, it absolutely is a wall for me. So when I get things that happen in my day that make me uncomfortable, when I get worries that come in, I can think, actually, this is gonna be, this, this is part of providence. This is part of providence. There's been periods in my life when I would even just re be saying that, repeat that in my mind, like this is, okay, this is gonna be okay. It's part of providence. That wall has absolutely shielded me so many times. And that's just one of the concepts. Think about, as we listen to this next song, think about what's a wall? What's a wall for you? What's something that has protected you, an idea that has protected you, a con something from religion or something you learned in the world that has protected you when scary things are around. And then we'll come back and look at a couple other features of the New Jerusalem and, and, and how this is leading to something good. So that wall that God is building starts out low, but slowly, as you get more and more of these ideas in your mind, it gets higher and higher to the point where nothing's going nothing's gonna to take you by Nothing's going to storm the city. single thing you want to show me the ups and downs the highs and lows the taking in the letting go the tears and laughter the great unknown the open journey into faith I go Nobody said this would be easy Anyone who ever did Never went through anything painful But faith is not some fragile thing That shatters when we walk through something hard So we walk on Whatever may come The ups and downs The highs and lows The taking in The letting go The tears and laughter The great unknown The open journey 
to faith I go Running like a child in an open field Stepping off the edge, I'm facing all my fears If this is what it feels like to be born again I'll be born again So when I feel like giving up When I feel like throwing it all away I look back over my shoulder And I see the goodness in every single step that I've taken And it beats like a drum And it rings like a bell Sings like a choir Leading me on my way Leading me on my way The ups and downs The highs and lows The taking in The letting go The tears and laughter The great unknown Did the open journey, did the faith I go, and the faith I go, and the faith I go. What was that lyric, the, the good that in every step I've taken? Was that, Ray, was that in there? Yeah. See the goodness in every step. Yeah. That's exactly what I was talking about. Exactly what I was talking about. I thought of another wall while I was back there. Um, this one is, I've told this story before here, but it's absolutely been one of my best wall truths. Um, short story is my grandfather, when he was dying, this was before I was born, he was in the hospital, couldn't talk anymore because of his condition was progressing, but he could write and, and my grandmother was asking him, what, what's gonna happen? Are you gonna survive? What's gonna happen to all of us? And he just wrote, I hope the Lord will use me as his best for everyone. And later I got told about that. And when my mind can come in and say, well, what if this thing doesn't go well today? What if you don't get this in your life? What if this thing happens? I can say, I hope the Lord will use me as his best for everyone. All that stuff bounces off the wall. So just notice the different ways in which God is looking to protect you. The next thing it says about the city is that there are 12 gates in it. So if some truths, some good ideas that God has through the course of your life, through whatever means implanted in your mind, are like walls, what, what are gates? I mean, walls are to keep things out, but gates are because you gotta come in. So people have got to be able to come in. So the gate truths in your mind are the things that introduce you into faith. What are the concepts that draw you in toward pursuing a spiritual life? I remember when I was younger, there was the concept in New Church Theology that 
everybody that lives a good life according to what they believe is on the path to heaven. That made sense. That made sense to me. I feel like, oh, well, that seems like something that is truly selfless and it's not just a, you know, we're in the club, you're out of the club. So that seems like there's, there's altruism at the core. I want to get in there and see it. Now I, I see, looking back, even more a gate truth for me was the idea that love is the most important thing in life. That's not in physics. That concept, that you know it instinctively by living a human life, and the more you see what people go through, the more you, this is what matters, but you don't find that. You can't find that by using a microscope. Love is what matters. I, I love the idea that there is, that, that is the, because it's the most important thing in our lives. Oh, this is the most important thing in existence, actually. That's a gate that brings me in. So think about what, what ideas, what concepts, what situations are things that not just have introduced you, but continue to pull you back to continue to let you back in. Because we all fluctuate. There's times when I'm inside the city, there's times when I'm outside the city and I'm not thinking as much about religion or spiritual stuff. But eventually, you get these gates on all the different sides. So whatever mood you're in, whatever phase of life you're in, there's some concepts that are facing you and saying, hey, do you want to come in? Do you want to come back to this love-centered, God-focused way of life? Here's the gates. So God is not only having these walls that protect, but the gates are like, come back within here because this is where you can be inside the walls. All of the powerful walls in my mind depend on me remembering that God exists, that love is what's important, that, I, that, that divine providence is guiding over everything in life. So those are the gates. Obviously, we're just doing some of the details. I was in jest talking about how many details there are, but that's because there's a lot of stuff that God is doing for us, and we are complicated beings, and every little detail is being cared for. But in generalities, I want to talk about the foundation. And the foundation in New Church Theology of, of the city describes it as being, this is the l most immediate confirmation you get, the stuff you know for yourself, the bedrock of your faith times when you can see that it's true for yourself. Because you can hear me talk about it, and I can say, this is, there's a city, and it means this, and it does that. And maybe you even think, well, that's, that's interesting. I, let me, I chew that on that for a while. But that's not something that you stand on. But there have been, for me, absolutely things that I can just tell. One of those is, I, you know, I've struggled with mood for my, my whole adult life, really. I've struggled with depression and anxiety and all those things. And I can tell immediately that my mood improves when I start to read the, read the word, read the truth. When, when I start to think from within the city, it just changes right like that. And, and it's not something that anyone else had to tell me. It's not something that, okay, maybe I'm supposed to believe this. It just, you can just see it for yourself. Let's see, I had another example here. Oh, the mind, like that, that your thoughts in your mind, um, that there are some that are 
from God and there are some that are not, or some that, some that go back and relate to God and some that are not. As soon as I started to think like that and kind of, oh, just because I'm thinking this thing, I don't have to believe it, absolutely, I saw my, my life change from that. That's a foundation for me. That, that's absolutely real. And then things that, that told me, okay, well, you think about somebody else's happiness and, and see if you can't have some joy from doing that. And when I would use it and actually see oh, this feels great, and I, I can see the happiness I made in them. That's like a foundation to me. I can't tell you your foundation. I can't say, here's what makes this really real for you, because it's got to be something that you experience, something that, that nobody's telling you you got to believe, but you just you do because you've seen it. And that's not going to be everything, but some things are, and that's the foundation that you feel here. Finally, the the dimensions, which is probably the most bizarre detail about the city. Why do we care if it's the same distance to the right and straight ahead and up? Why, do, why are you telling us this? It doesn't do anything for anyone. It's a picture of the balance that God is wanting to bring to us. You remember in the beginning, I said, everything that is good has love in it, but also wisdom in it. And it's really when those two things align that you're happy. Because if you get just too into the feelings, you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you go off course. And you end up actually with good intentions having an effect on yourself or on other people that, that makes life worse. And if you're just too into the thinking, you, don't, you, you lose track of why you're doing anything and you don't get joy from it. But when you know you've got in your heart, I want to do good for people, and you've got in your heart, I want to learn what it is to do good. I want to know what the truth is. Then coming together, the vertical dimension is those put together allow you to do things that really make a difference. And when you have that balance, that can become the, the core of your happiness in life. So all of these things together are the picture of basically a well-adjusted human life. A well-adjusted, safe, happy human life. And once we get our mind into that state, once God is allowed to bring our mind into that state, everything we encounter in life becomes more and more joyful and more and more safe feeling. Everything that before would cause us distress is, is wiped away. So I, would let, I love the idea of thinking that no matter what I go through, or no matter what my daughter goes through, you know, I remember her, she tripped when she was trying to dance there, knowing that she's going to be dancing more freely than she's ever danced in the future. Right, like that God is trying to build this city for each of us to live in. Nobody's going to be exactly like someone else's, but what we do know is that in that city, you're going to be safe, you're going to be welcome, and you're going to have a foundation that is clear and strong, and you're going to be able to pursue what is good and what is true and what is useful all the time. And through that, you're going to be so happy. You're going to be, all, every single one of us in our own way, whatever that looks like, is going to be doing that giraffe dance on our stage with just the pure joy of, of how good a life can be. So let's take a minute to let that sink in and 
we'll say a, a prayer together. And I think that this prayer is an invitation for the Lord to, to build that city in us. So keep that in mind. You can say it along with me. If you'd like, you can just meditate in your, your thoughts. But all of God's intent is, I, I want to do something good for you. I, wanna, I, I know like God, God is that love, wisdom, and use. Like I, I really want you to be happy. I know how to do it. I know what you need. And let's do it together. You see, the prayer is like an invitation for that to happen. You can follow along or you can uh, just let it sink in. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so upon the earth. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I love it. I love it. That's the daily step of, hey, we're going we're gonna to get this thing done. We're going to get this thing done. And God is saying, I, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. But if we just follow this plan, it's going to give me the opportunity to do what I really want to do, which is to, I'm going to wipe away every tear. I'm going to wipe away every tear. Everything's going to be all right. So let's get our cities built. So proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming, whose bright stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. All the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the
Have a great, great week, everybody. Right.